All right. Welcome to the All Walks of Art with Michael Worth. Today I'm joined with uh, Paul Ramey, as usual. Say hello. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. And we got a special guest today, Paul. Yes, we do. It's, it's, it's exciting for me. It's exciting for me too. It's this is the first the first this is the third. first real one. I we're, mean, you were the real one on on the first time. We're a triangle but now. Now we're like a slut. We've got a real person here. <laughs> Everybody, welcome Lori Graves, the comedian. Oh, thank you very much. It's good to be here with you guys today. Well, um, one of the reasons I had you on here, uh, one of the big reasons is I really miss going to the bar and having you on the other side of the bar telling everybody where to put it. <laughs> I loved it. I miss those days. Uh, I actually went there the other night to the Carl Skis after my show just to pick up flyers. And I thought, okay, it's 10 o'clock. I can't, I can't do this. I got to go in and out. I purposely <laughs> left my wallet and my phone in the car. I walked in there with cigarettes and two fives. Left the bar at three o'clock. Uh, I don't know what <laughs> happened. It just, I got sucked in. People started buying me shots of Jameson. I'm like, oh. And then by the end of the night, I was behind the bar. I poured a run of shots. They let me behind the no. bar. Like, yeah, so I was like, yeah, but I miss the bar. I miss, I miss, yeah. yeah. I miss seeing people. And I would imagine being a comedian, a lot of your material came out of those days. It did. When I started, um, the bulk of my, my time on stage, I talked about my job. Uh, and the people in there. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a blessing. It was a good start. It's yeah. a good way to start. It's cool. Cool. Paul, I wish you could have been there in those days. I was, I was younger, dumber, had a lot of fun in there. And, and Lori really took care of me. Really? I remember this one time I got to tell this story because <laughs> people need to, I need to set this up so people get a feel for how cool she really is. So I'm sitting there and, and I, I was I was addicted to Irish handcuffs, basically two Guinness. You drink one, the other one's sitting there waiting. So that when you get the one done in your right hand, you push it across the bar and bartender knows just to make you another one because they need to keep coming. So I'm sitting there one day and as luck would have it, a lot of guys from work were sitting at a table like the ladies do, you know, and uh, <laughs> one of them looked up at me and he was like, is that a, is that a Coke you're drinking at the bar? And before, before I could even utter a response, Lori was already down his throat, just chewing him <laughs> out saying, no, it's a big boy beer. Do you want to try one? <laughs> that guy felt about three feet tall, you know, and it was just great. He walked out like a leprechaun. It was fantastic. I think he was drinking probably like a Bud Light or a McUltra. Oh, or yeah, yeah. So McUltra, sure. I think it yeah, was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, that's How far like back was it? It might have been Zima. <laughs> it no. wasn't that far back. Uh, wasn't that, that far back. Wasn't that far back. No. But uh, tell me, tell me about your act. I'm, I, I'm really, one of the things that really uh, inspires me about comedians is there's, there's a performance aspect that I don't think a lot of people really think there's a writing aspect behind all of that. Yeah, a lot, I agree with that. A lot don't. Um, it's, it's getting more so because comedy is super mainstream now. I mean, there mm -hmm. are comics, everyone knows a comic. Everyone yeah. has a friend that's a comic. And that, <laughs> right. it used to be that way. But because I think people like me have started running shows in small towns yeah. and giving more people an opportunity and access to a mic and a crowd. Exactly. Comedy's just been, it's blown up uh, just in the 10 years I've been doing it. So it is. Um, it's but, been 10 years? Yeah, it has. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, actually, the first time I ever performed was in August 2009 at that Majestic show uh, with Loose Pockets and Loose yeah. Brothers. Yeah. That was 
August 8th, 2009. Isn't that crazy? That is. I know. I just thought the other day, I'm like, Holy, I'm going into my 10th year. Are you yeah. kidding me? But I've had a lot of people, and I used to get super irritated and perturbed about it when I would, you know, perform. And it was usually a guy would come up and go, oh, I'm funnier than you. I can do that. And I'm like, well, then get up there and do it. You know, I think right. people just think you just stand up there and start talking. Yeah. Just, you know, willy nilly. And that's my time. They don't know that that's yeah. actually a prepared piece yeah, that yeah, you have yeah. memorized it's it's it truly is an art form and that's that's honestly why you're here um some well, of anybody can tell a joke yeah that's the thing yeah, can, yeah. it's just like anybody can do an impression of a certain sentence or this and that but it's one thing to do that and it's another thing to go up and do a whole set yeah you know it's just yeah. like it's just just because you can pick a you know and do a riff and do uh you know the lick to stairway to heaven that's a long way from, <laughs> yeah. from being able to play a song yeah, yeah i was getting ready to say you guys are both musicians it's the same as the difference between a cover band or people that write their own music oh yeah, yeah. it's there's yeah. a difference you yeah know, if I you can... go up and do a richard Pryor bit sure. it's, it's richard Pryor. sure coming out of you yeah but that doesn't seem to work in comedy right? no yeah you and know, that's totally yeah. not Cool to do. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and that's, you know, you know um, that's one thing I was thinking about uh, on my way out here today and something I thought about a lot. And I want to ask your opinion on this. You know, bands do, uh, you go, you see, uh, not just covers, but like tribute bands. You go see, uh, I remember back in the 90s, there was the ACDC and the the, um, uh, the old Aussie tribute band and the um, Metallica, the uh, Battery. That was a big mm-hmm. one. Cowboys from Hell. Uh, it's a couple kiss ones. And then now, you know, we got, we got like, we got the Aussie tribute here right? and, uh, there's some, uh, some other kiss ones and whatnot. And that's kind of, you know, what, what I've kind of seen. I'm doing a Nickelback one. So there, <laughs> there, don't get him going on Nickelback. <laughs> I'm not, but if he does that, we're no longer friends. But, anyway. <laughs> but you got, uh, on, Francie, and I know, believe, all I want to do is hear the sound of this Nickelback <laughs> cracking as I drive over it. I believe uh, you know, Not from what I've material. seen, you know, cover bands is big in some in some bigger cities or uh, tribute bands rather. But it strikes me as, uh, you know, especially with the parallels between like you doing the grassroots thing with um, with local comedy. And it's just like us with local bands and, and doing it. And, you know, you build up the scene here from the ground up. It it's kind of surprising that there isn't like, uh, you know, Mitch Hedberg. You know, why don't somebody go out and do Mitch Hedberg set and there's tribute comedians like that you can't do that they do we call them hacks uh they do (laughs) but they do it they do it but they don't say they're doing it though right Right, i mean there isn't but that's why i'm saying why isn't there uh you know richard Pryor act and but that is a tribute comic right that's just going up there you you know you're doing it unapologetically doing it just like these kiss tribute bands put on the makeup and they go and do that why do we accept that but the thought of a comic getting up there and doing somebody's material, that just seems ridiculous. That's a good well, point. That I is don't... a good question. I I would think if someone was genuinely saying, hey, I'm a Richard Pryor tribute comic and they dressed, acted like him, dressed like him on right. stage and his stuff, that to me as a comic, I wouldn't have a problem with that because they're saying I'm yeah. a Richard Pryor tribute comic. It's the ones that will memorize uh, a portion of some like unknown comic set yeah. or some just like regional guy. Yeah. And then they get up on stage and tell it as their own. And there's always one comic in the crowd that knows yeah. exactly who they're copying. And, Cause I've seen it happen. Yeah. I saw it happen in Dayton one night. Uh, wow. Jay Snyder called a guy out, a guy come up and did a set and he was, he killed it. You know, and we're all like, wow, who's this guy? And then, 
Jay gets up on the mic and he's like, hey, that was a great set. And it was even better when so-and-so did it for the first time. (laughs) And none of us knew that. So, I mean, there's, you know, you have to, I would have a fear of that. And because of that, um, to toss this out there, I rarely anymore will listen to or watch comedy specials. I was going to ask. If there's one I want to watch, a particular person, I'll watch it, but I don't watch them every day. Because I, I I do have a fear subconsciously I may pick up something yeah. from a comic. And it's possible. And yeah. not even realize I'm doing that characteristic of theirs or whatever into my set and just kind of work it in. So, because it, it can happen. Um, it wouldn't be intentional. And I also, speaking of that, a lot of comics to, when you're writing a new joke, a lot of comics I know uh, will Google the subject yeah. and see if anything pops up, see if anybody else has talked about it. But you're always going to have a comic that's going to have a joke similar to one you do because there are only so many premises out there. And some comics yeah. get real bit out of shape. Like, well, so-and-so said something about, you know, Christmas and Jesus. I thought, well, <laughs> so did 19,000 other comics. Yeah. Because that's something people talk about. They didn't steal it from you. Um, and it's a fine line between did that person blatantly steal that from me or did they just sit around one day and have the same thought process I did? And wrote their own joke about it. Well, that so, becomes part of the part of the art is trying yeah. to, okay, I got this great premise, son. So, man, that's they did a great fucking joke. You know, how am I going to make that? Yeah. How am I going to make that yeah. different? Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you come up with something so original that the likelihood of it not being uh, I used? I think it boils down to your delivery. Uh, you could have the same idea about mm-hmm. jokes or comic, not realize it, perform that joke. And then somebody come up to you and say, Hey, so-and-so has a similar joke to that. I'm like, well, is it similar or is it identical? Because yeah. you know, that's the difference. Yeah, I there's think a, there's it's, a I think pacing. It's in how you, yeah. your, your delivery, how people know if what you're saying is genuine or not. Yeah. I, I give audiences a lot of credit for that. They, they, they know if you're being genuine or if you're just up yeah. there kind of trying to, you know, play comedian, I guess. And yeah. Yeah. Fake. I see that. So, it, but it's a fine line in, in the in the comedy world, uh, and you know every comic I know is conscious of it. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't want to do somebody else's material because then you don't want to get labeled that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or that woman. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be labeled that person. So, yeah, I could, But the tribute thing, I, I've never really even thought about that. that yeah, that's I mean, excellent. to me, that seems like a no brainer. I mean, for for a big one, you know, Eddie Murphy, they get up in the leather. And the leather outfit and they do portions of raw and delirious or, and you, know, yeah. honestly, or you think there's money to be made there and you'd think there'd be an yeah, art yeah. that in itself. But if someone did have that down pat, his mannerisms, his voice his whatever his material to me is, is timeless. I think a, a comic, if someone has never watched uh, raw mm-hmm. or delirious and they went to see a comic <laughs> that was doing a tribute, they didn't know. And they saw that that material would, still be hilarious to them i think to this day oh yeah because i mean it, it was funny then it's still funny now yeah there's it, nothing better than hearing about in fufu on the zebra's back i know, you I know, know? just yeah or um, i got mcdonald's well, idea and well, we'll recruit a bunch you. of tribute <laughs> comics and usually i i've been to a couple uh in dayton i know they do and i know a lot of places all over do i know in dayton they do particular wiley's and the dayton funny bone did one last year mm-hmm. Um, they do what they call um, like a tribute, like dead comics night or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. And comics will dress up. Cause my friend Carla, yeah. Carla does Phil Stiller. Yeah. That's and fantastic. So those, she can pull that special off. Special shows that we do, but oh, as far as cool. someone actually doing that and touring, yeah. um, maybe that's just me being my, me naive. I don't know of anybody yeah, I don't doing either. a tribute yeah. set regularly, you know, yeah. for, that's a good thing. I'll have to ask some of my in the know people um, if they've, 
Yeah, I'm really curious. Or they could be listening right now and they could just message me and yeah. tell me. Uh, One of the yeah. four people. <laughs> yeah. If you are a tribute comic, please let me know. I would no, love to hear from you. We're actually doing pretty good. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't bash our own show like that because it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually quite uh, proud of the fact that there's so many people who do listen and, and I thank every one of them for that and, uh, and all the sharing. So not to get all too somber, I had to throw that in there because, you know, it's it's important. You it know? is. It's like your work. If nobody comes to the show, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm not a comic. Yeah. <laughs> no one shows up. Well, so. It's exciting. We're just, you know, a lot of times I feel like we're just kind of shooting the breeze about stuff that we care about. Oh, yeah. And the fact that, you know, even more so in some ways it, it, than somebody downloading a song or, or listening to, yeah. to music or, or coming out and seeing a live set. I mean, it's neat that somebody's going to spend an hour of their time and yeah. listen to us our ramblings and musings on what, whatever, you know? Yeah. The, the cool thing about people, humanity is there's so much talent out there. There really is. I mean, just the, the fact that I can make a painting and share it with people or you can make a song, share it with people, or you can get up and actually make somebody who just feels like shit today can go to your show and feel so much better when they walk out. That, that to me is better than going to any doctor. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, sure. When, when you hear comedy and, and even if it's a sitcom on TV, you know, there's comedy there. It's, it's canned laughter a lot of the time, but it's still there to lift you up. And that, that kind of brings me to the next point. You know, at, at some level, do you feel any kind of responsibility for any of it? And you could be totally honest here because that's kind of a trick question. Okay. Totally. Um, totally responsible for anything that you might get up there and say and how somebody might receive it. I do. I, I do. Um, absolutely. I do. I, and I have an instant. I can tell you a story about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, quit telling do. a joke because this was early on. And just like every other comic, when you first start, you're like, oh, I'm a comic. I can say anything I want to up there because I'm a comic. And you, yeah. not, you don't think about anybody's <laughs> right. feelings or anything. Right. You just want, you think it's funny. So you think everyone else should think it's funny. And I did a joke about girls cutting. Oh, um, yeah. and I, in my mind at that time, I thought it was funny. And I yeah. talked about, cause I'm, I'm a big girl and yeah. I was like, yeah, why, I don't know why cutters, why are they hiding themselves? You know, do what the rest of us do. Eat, pull your eyebrows out, do something we can yeah. see. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, I thought, yeah. and people would laugh and it went over the joke went over well, but I had a girl come up to me one night that I've known for years. And she said, Lori, that joke really hurt my feelings. And I was like, well, what joke? And she said the cutting one, she said, I'm a cutter. I never knew that about her. And had I known that, I never would have said that yeah. looking at her. Ah, you yeah, know? And, yeah. But that was the first time I, I really um, thought about how what I say in a microphone and my words, how they affect or could affect someone. Yeah. And I've never been one to be an attack comic. I don't like to attack people in the crowd. Now, if you're yelling stuff out at me and you're asking for yeah. it, oh, I'll go for you. Yeah. I'll go. But I've never... <laughs> Wanted anyone to, he wants in really bad. Yeah, I know. And Mike's I don't, I don't dog is out there just like, he's <laughs> killing it. But I never want anybody to leave one of my shows feeling bad about themselves. Cause that's not the point of what I'm doing. I want people to leave their belly hurting from laughter, feeling yeah. a little better about themselves, feeling a little lighter. I never want someone to walk out the door of one of my shows feeling worse about themselves and what they do when they came in. Yeah, I, I don't think that should be the that's not the focus of comedy. Right. It's not what we're supposed to be up there doing. Yeah. And, but there are a lot of guys and girls out there that do that. Um, and it can and be that's funny, thing, you know, and, they, and, I, and I, I, I said on stage a few weeks ago, like, you know, I've, I don't, I don't talk about comics anymore. I've quit judging. Yeah. Most of them. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I, you know, I've, I learned that hard lesson too early on. 
just because I don't think it's funny uh, doesn't mean it isn't comedy. Yeah. And that's their time on stage. I feel that way about art, right. art yeah. general, uh, visual arts. It's not my position to tell someone what they should be saying on stage. Yeah. Because I might not find it funny, but the crowd's laughing. And that person might not think what I say is funny. So, yeah. But yeah, I do feel a responsibility anymore. Um, there are certain jokes I have I don't tell around here. Because it, I'm not, like I said, I'm like a fun and colleague. There's just some, you know, I address yeah. where I'm from because we have been in the news a lot. Yeah. And when I go to other cities, people ask me about that. And I, I've never said anything about um, any of the, like the horrific things that have happened right, out here right, and right. stuff like that. But I do... I do make a comment on I'm like, I'm from Chillicothe, Ohio. And people are like, sometimes they'll like, Oh, and I'll say, thank you for not doing that. You know, we all know America's must want it's been there twice. That's all, <laughs> right. I, that's all yeah. I say, you know, I let yeah. go. Um, but I would, I, I again, I, we have so many things that have happened around here that those aren't things that everyone joke about. Yeah. And I have the only two rules I have at my open mic are, and it's sad that I have to say these things, but if you're no N word, right. you know, if you're not supposed to be saying it, you know, yeah. if you get my meaning. And I had that happen, <laughs> wow. uh, which I was furious. I had a guy come around here to my open mic and he thought he could just freely say that word as a white man because he was in Southern Ohio. Wow. And I looked at him and I, was like, oh, I said, that's not okay here. I said, yeah. we don't do that. And he goes, well, you guys bunch rednecks were on here. I thought it was okay. I'm like, no, no hoods in the crowd, friend. We don't do that. Yeah. here. You know, that's like, yeah. But it's sad that I had to deal with that. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my other rule is they can't talk about any of the happenings in Chillicothe. Yeah. And I tell them, I says, because there could be a family member in the crowd. There exactly. could be anything going on. Yeah, we're and, a small community, even though. And I'm not here to do yeah. that. I'm not here to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, the responsibility line is a fine one. Um, most of the people I work with, they respect that. Yeah. So, and that's why I yeah. work with them. Well, now you mentioned the, um, you know, they come up and said that, you know, they were a cutter and it made you look at that different. Mm -hmm. So from then on, did that affect how you would create? different bits then from then on. It did. Um, I, I actually, I, um, I do a more general, like, you know, general population when I'm assuming I'm talking to people. Like I do jokes. I talk to women specifically yeah. about and things that, um, I do more of a more self-deprecating humor than I've moved to talking about me instead of other people. Yeah. Um, because that's safe. If I'm talking about me, people can still relate to it, but I'm not singling a group out and yeah. making them feel bad about themselves. I have the mompreneur joke, but that's not, you know, <laughs> they all know as I'm making fun of LuLaRoe, I have one of the dresses on stage. So that's, you know, but uh, it, it did. Yeah. It changed a little bit. A lot of things have happened over the years that have kind of made me change. You think it's made it better? Then because I, I do. Of that? I, th I think it's made me more accessible. Now, the one thing I have not changed, I'm not clean and I will never try to be clean. I don't yeah. want <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do it for special events. And, uh, you know, if I get hired to be, but, uh, a lot of those gigs I won't take because I know I, I'm not their girl, you know, I'm yeah, not, I'm not right. the one yeah. I'd like to refer them to their people. Um, but it did, it has, I, and I think it has made me a better comic. It's made me recognize that my audience is bigger than what I thought it was. And you want to try to reach as many people as you can. So, you know, you tell jokes of a more broader variety, I guess. I don't know if that speaking, makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of getting out there with uh, a broader audience and, and some other things you've done, you recently went to Las Vegas. Yes, I did. How was that? Vegas was great. Uh, it was great. Are we allowed I, to talk about it? I mean, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, they say, but come oh, on. Oh, it's okay. I didn't do anything out there that I can't talk about. Okay. Uh, um, I did a great party um, on New Year's Eve. A friend of mine has a production company out there and they book entertainers like 
acrobats and skaters and stuff. Cool. So he said, uh, it was at the MGM Grand. And he's like, would you like to be my assistant that night? I was like, oh, I would love to. So <laughs> my job was to escort the Russian stilt walker and ball walker around at night. That was my job. And those guys were hilarious. Uh, and then I got to perform while I was out there too. So that was on the second. And How cool is that? Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It was great. I met a guy online named Steve McAnally. Uh, he books a lot of shows out there and he does a, a show at a place called Rick's Roll and Smoke and Barbecue, which is owned by Rick from Pawn Stars. No way. It's right next to the pawn shop. Yeah. And last year I went out and I uh, just hit him up and said, hey, I could jump on a show if you got anything. And he goes, yeah, I'll do Rick's and just gave me like a slot. And I had about 12 people show up that I knew from out there and stuff. And he said, this is great. You brought half the crowd. (laughs) He wasn't even there that night. He had somebody else hosting. Yeah. So I hit him up again this year and he said, oh, he said, yeah, January 2nd, close my show. I'm like, okay. So I got to close. I was on the strip, you know. Um, and I got paid so I can say I was yeah, paid Vegas yeah. to work. And That's fantastic. This year I had about 16, 18 people show up. Uh, it was crazy. And he just laughed. <laughs> well, you're, you're kind of modest because I've seen you pack houses here, you know, and that's, that's no small feat in a small town. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to gush on you for a minute because oh, I, I just, you're, you're just amazing for what you've accomplished locally. You've brought. Well, you created big, a scene from yeah, the air. I mean, as far exactly. as I, I mean. I mean, really, I mean, so. Yeah, it's a big, big time scene in a small town community. That's, that's amazing. And uh, proudly, it's been going for a decade. That's what amazes me the most is because I was like, Chill Coffee is a great place to start things, but rarely people finish. I I look back now and I think, wow, it's been 10 years I've been pulling this off, but uh, I couldn't do it without the people coming out. Uh, Chill Coffee and traveling comics love the crowds here. They love to perform here because mm-hmm. people are so open and willing to laugh. And, yeah. you know, and uh, just look all the audiences are very forgiving. Uh, you know, if you happen to have a bomb or joke or you're not yeah. going, we, we'll still give you a little clap and a little yeah. giggle. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just to encourage you, keep going. We get it. That one wasn't good. Keep going. But um, it has been amazing. The people in this town that have just kept comedy going. Yeah. Um, when I didn't think it would last that long. I just never thought. Comedy is my longest relationship. <laughs> With that, that's yeah. a perfect segue. Where do you see yourself the next 10 years? Wow. I just joked the other day that my retirement goals are I want to be a cruise ship comic. <laughs> 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 I, I just, that's, that's retirement goals. Um, and the next 10 years, I would like to just keep progressing like I have been. Yeah. Uh, my goal every year has been to... Um, not necessarily increase the amount of shows I do, mm-hmm. which has not happened naturally, but to be on better quality shows yeah. and, and branch out more, get into more States and get into, yeah. you know, different markets. Um, I've always liked to refer to my comedy as like Chillicothe, like I'm an earthquake and it's my epicenter. And I just mm-hmm. want to every year, just it broaden that circle oh, yeah. and just go out a little farther. And, and I've, I've always been realistic in this business. I mean, I knew when I first started that I wasn't, you know, gonna have a TV special in six months. I, I, I'm, you know, yeah. I just got merch last year. I've been doing this 10 years. Wow. I mean, I know guys that perform three open mics and they've got beer koozies and t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> I just got merch last year. Well, um, it's, it's uh, welcome to the band scene. I mean, there's yeah. guys that don't even have a name and they're yeah. already working on their t-shirt design. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I always laugh at the comics that have been doing comedy for, you know, 13 months and they're putting on Facebook, come to my DVD recording. I'm like, yeah. how, how do you have that much material? I just acquired an hour like a year ago there's a solid hour that i can market myself with yeah. and perform 
You've been doing this 13 months, have you? Wow. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, right. My path was not that way, but I've just always been realistic about what I can do, you know? And yeah. Um, if someone says, you know, Five years ago, honestly, how much time, solid time do you have? I would look at them and say, I got a good 15 to 20 for you. That's what I'll give you. I never said, I got 45 because I yeah. knew once I got on stage, they would find out I was lying. Yeah. I don't have yeah. that. And well, that's a lot though. Really, when you think, I mean, anybody listening right now is probably thinking, no, that's not very much time, you know, but you're standing in front of people who are literally in a position where they build this wall in front of them and say, make me laugh. Exactly. You and know, that's and that's what I try to tell I love to tell the story about when we, we were at the bank and mm-hmm. I moved my open mic from the keys to the bank when I worked there. Yeah. The bank I, was an, a venue, yes, not, it was not a actually venue, a bank. Not a, not a bank. It was a bar, but uh, we had my open mic there. I had a kid come in one night and he signed up and I said, great. I said, everybody gets five minutes. And he looked at me really funny and he goes, oh, I have a half hour. And I said, oh, you do? I said, well, how, how many times have you performed? I was like, how long have you been doing comedy? Because I didn't know. I thought maybe it was, you know, somebody I, <laughs> he goes, Oh, I've never been on stage, Oh, but wow. I make my friends laugh at parties. And yeah. I looked at him and I said, you get five minutes, Yeah, three minutes and nine seconds on stage. He's stammering. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he went, oh, well, thank you. That's my time. <laughs> Walked off. And I That's was hard. behind the bar with that wireless mic because I was bartending and yeah. running an open mic. So I'm making drinks. I grabbed the wireless to announce the next comic put it down. He comes up to the bar. And when the next comic started, I leaned over the bar and I whispered, Hey, you still owe me 27 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. And he looked at me, he goes, yeah. And I said, Hey, uh, everybody does it. I said, just yeah. work on five. Yeah. And, but it, people think it's just, it's not that easy. You just like, I couldn't pick up a bass and, or a guitar and start doing what you do. And yeah, but you think it's like people it's there's, there's a level, I think, of disrespect that people don't realize that they have. And I think it even comes like I can relate to it with karaoke a little bit because I can remember I used to get really offended when uh, I had some friends, you know, uh, their girlfriends would get all made up and they were going, well, we got a show tonight. I'm like, when did you join a band? You guys, who are you playing with? It's like, oh, no, we're doing karaoke at, the, <laughs> at the, you know, at Patrick's Pub or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I've been I've got thousands of dollars and time invested into this thing and they're going out nobody cares yeah and they're going out and then you're uh, an artist yeah and then you'll go out but that's the thing you'll go out and people can sing and it's like it's a lot different to get up there and sing one song and and you know be drunk and and with kill fantastic, it or not kill it. It's with another fantastic thing to, backing vocals at that. Right, right. <laughs> and the words on the screen in right, front of you. Right. Yeah. And they think that they're performers. And I get that. And and I'm sure in there's a, a lot of people starting. Yeah, and there but, are some good ones. They're not they're not professional. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. like yeah. you know, yeah. you're not. Yeah. But continue. Yeah. So so every everybody you know has told a joke or said something funny and their friends have laughed at them. Yeah. And they think, oh, they think, hell yeah, we're you know, I'm, I'm freaking funny, yeah. you know, yeah. and then they just automatically think they can do that. Yeah. They can get up there and do it. And as soon as they get up there and the lights is on and they're sweating and they're seeing those people back at them and they're trying to say what they're, it's just not that funny. And if, it's dead silent. Yeah. And everyone's staring at you. And it, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, I do. And I, like I said, when I, you know, first started a few years, I started doing it. I, um, I would just super piss me off. You know, people would do that. But now I always say, Hey, you think you're funny? Like, come do my open mic. I give everybody five minutes, sign up. I encourage everyone to give it a try. Yeah. Come on and join me. 
And I give them the opportunity to do it if they think they can. And then we find out that night if they've yeah. got it or they don't. Um, but it is kind of a rule of thumb. I have learned everyone does well their first time because you've practiced yeah. and your friends are all there. That's the first album thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second, third and fourth time you go up and yeah. you, yeah. you get, you get kind of cocky because that first time and I did it, that first time went real well. So you're like, well, I'll just scrap all those jokes and write all new ones. Yeah. And you get up there with your second round of jokes and it's crickets. And yeah. you're like, yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, and that's another mistake that some young comics do. And I did it as well. Thinking you have to have new jokes every time you go on stage. Yeah. Um, and I always try to tell, you know, the people starting out, you know, they, well, we could, they're tight five. You need five minutes. You need that yeah. good five minutes. Yeah. Perfect that five minutes. And when you can do that and you can go on stage without notes, without stuttering and stammering, and you can hit all your points in your five minutes, then you need to work on your five to eight. Yeah. And then your eight to 10. And just, it's a progression. But I get it. I get a lot of these because comedy is so mainstream now. Yeah. A lot of people want to jump in and start and they think they're going to make tons of money and, you know, I'm like, I didn't get paid the first three years I performed. Yeah, yeah, I, money, it's not, money. And, and I'm just, I'm struggling still, you know, <laughs> but people think they're going to get rich and yeah. they can just go up there and just talk and it's going to happen. Um, and I feel bad for them, yeah. and, but sometimes you got to let them learn on their own too. Cause I've never really been that comic to just give unsolicited advice. Uh, Cause I never liked them people do that to me. And yeah, that's I mean, if, dicey. If, it's, if it's a pro, if it's somebody been in 15, 20 year and they Hey Lori, that one joke you have, you could probably punch that up by doing this. I'll listen. Yeah. But sometimes again, people just come up just to trying to be a know-it-all. Yeah. Well, the one joke, you know, you should, you should do this. Like, yeah. Well, you I've been need telling to that be joke doing five that. Years and it's went pretty well. So I think <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep it the way right, it is. Right. But thanks. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's different around here. That used to happen a lot, but people yeah. have kind of grown out and I'm proud of the fact that I have so many local comics here. Yeah. So many people that come out from here and it necessarily, they don't want to do what I do, but they still want to come out once a month and do their new stuff and perform for their friends. And yeah. that's their, that's their escape. Once a month, they get to be a comic and I think it's great. I love it. I, it I love is it cool. People it do is that. cool. I, I think back to the, the folks who, um, look at the five minutes or 10 minutes, 15 minute deal. I think a lot of that we see on TV, we'll, we'll be flipping channels and we'll, we'll find, or even on YouTube or any of the places we might see. And we'll see people like Ron White who just makes it look effortless. Oh, you know, he just I'm gets up there and drinks. By those guys, like some of those guys do like hour and a half and they're yeah. no, no, there's up there, no guidelines. Now, a lot of them have like a, a set list. You can't see like right. off yeah. stage or a monitor, yeah. but still they're up there taught 90 minutes. Yeah. Think yeah. about, I try to tell, think of an hour of comedy. Oh yeah. yeah. Even five minutes, stand in front of a mirror and talk for five minutes. Oh yeah. And don't stop it, <laughs> until the time. It's a long time. It is. And I'm amazed by those guys. I, I, I love to go. I love to watch those guys and just, they're so effortless. Yeah. I mean, even I still stump, you know, you new jokes, trying to work in things, yeah. get your flow going. Those guys just make it look so effortless and I, I get why people think it's easy because they make it look easy. Yeah. It looks you know? like just a, a hanging out talking, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like he's podcast. It's, you know, we, we, this is, our oh, we make it look easy, but I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, I, I'm good at talking. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mic in front of me and not just me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, I lost my train of thought there. I had, I had something going with that. You were talking about you know, how effort, five, 10, effortless 15. it is for. Yeah. It's the, it's not effortless for me right now. Cause I really did lose it. It was good. It was good. It was good. I got to thinking about Loki. 
and I was really worried about Loki. Anything that's good will come back, though. Do you think that if you don't write a joke immediately down, do you think maybe they come back or do you think that uh, yeah. it's gone forever? Yeah, but there's been so many times I'm like, why didn't I write that down? Because yeah. I knew I was laughing hysterically 12 hours ago. And at that <laughs> moment, I should have wrote it down, but I use my phone a lot. I yeah. talk into my phone. And yeah, I do as well. And sometimes the next day you listen back to it and like, uh, that is so not yeah. funny. <laughs> do you have, an, do you have an iPhone? Is that what you're using? Yeah. So yeah. Siri gets kind of pissed off at you sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, Siri, I need to make a note. And then I'll, <laughs> uh, and I, I what do you want to do with a goat? I'll, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Siri hates my voice. It's horrible. A lot of times I'll, I'll even use, uh, I'll use a voice memo or I will use my, just my camera. I turn on video yeah. and just talk into it. And those videos are always hilarious because you can see like my one hand I'm driving or you see the stuff going by and I'm just talking away. Um, Technology is great. And back in the old days, I can remember a song that ended up on on one of my uh, albums from way back. I actually stopped at a payphone across from um, oh, it was a gun store. Before that, it was uh, Bob Evans, and it was Shoney's on East Main Street down here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had this vocal idea and and this line, and uh, you know, I didn't have we didn't have cell phones and recorders and stuff. Then <laughs> I pulled over and I called my answering machine from the payphone. That's genius. And I sang didn't into Adele it. Didn't do that? I sang didn't into she it. like sang something called "Hello"? No, I really did. And uh, it made it on the album. It, it's a uh, and had song you not done that, you probably it lost been gone. it. Yep. Yeah. So I, that's that. I'm impressed. Yeah. Paul. That, that is genius. that is pretty good. You're impressed that I'm that old that uh, I had an no, answer I'm, machine and a payphone. No, I'm impressed that you thought to use a yep. payphone. I'm not your age I was desperate and I wasn't that, you know, I lived up on the hill at the time. I mean, I, but I knew I wasn't going you know, to make it. Yeah. No, I have pulled over, uh, to do that before. If I like digging for my phone, if I've thought yeah. of something, I'm like, I, I can't forget this. So I have yeah. kind of pulled off and did it and then got back, jumped back on the road. <laughs> if it involved a lot of typing, you know, yeah. so, cause I, I quit doing that too. I think it's something I'm like, Oh, I'll just jot down two words. I'll remember. Oh yeah. And the next day I'll look at like, what does that even mean? What oh, was yeah. I, so, I tried painting in the car once and it, it looked like Jackson Pollock. So <laughs> I was afraid somebody would pay me too much for it. And there I, is our Jackson Pollock <laughs> reference for the podcast. <laughs> Do you have one of those every podcast? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. polarizing. Okay. He's not a fan. He's not a big fan. No. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I appreciate what he's done, but I just, I don't get it. Your average house painter picks up a cloth every day off the ground that looks the same. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand intentional. Maybe that's the key. I don't know that his was either. Oh. Yeah. No disrespect though. Yeah. No, no with, disrespect. All oh, he was a hack. I don't <laughs> there care. Go. There you go. Just say <laughs> it. Please send all letters to Michael Wall. He, he was, he was yeah. doing something with Peggy Guggenheim and I just don't get it. I like her name though. Peggy Guggenheim. Guggenheim. That's a good name. How would you like to be Guggenheim? <laughs> sounds like, it sounds like a move we got to work on here. Thank God Google didn't choose that word. Like I need to Google high me. This is like a yoga position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, you're talking about, you're talking about frantically trying to get this idea down and, and, and me and, and like these different things. And it's funny how when not, when inspiration hits, I mean, that's, that's 50% of the art yeah. right there, you know, just trying to get that. Yeah. Try, trying and to get the bullet points down. I don't know how it is with musicians. Am I the same way? Especially me. I, but I had to train myself kind of to observe things from a, a writer point of view. Oh yeah. Know, and just yeah, like, I oh, can that's see that. funny, but yeah, then to look at it as a writer, like how am I, what, how am I going to describe that in words that will paint a picture in someone's mind sitting in the audience? Yeah. So while I'm talking, they're also getting a visual of what I'm saying. 
Yeah, you're a, you're a modern-day storyteller. Yeah, so when, when you get the visual, then, you know, um, that they're more locked into the joke, I think. Yeah. They can get a, so that's another thing I've had, you know, it's not enough. That's similar with musicians. But yeah, I definitely. Because I do yeah. believe music does still paint a picture in your mind. Right. Um, and yep. it might not be the picture I think of music you're sending out, but it's what people relate to that song. Yeah. And that's their own personal picture. But you're, you're yeah. painting a picture in their mind. You don't know what it is, but you're yeah. painting a picture in their mind. So you've done a fantastic job of pulling this into all walks of art. That oh, was just that was this is exactly you. what the show's about at the core, the essence. And I got nothing. I'm over this now. It's your show. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask because of, uh, you know, I've mentioned on, on previous shows that it's harder for me to to write uh, lyrics and meaningful lyrics when I'm happy. You know, music, I can yeah. come I can come up with music, no problem. But but lyric, lyrics and meaningful, you know, conveying the emotion, I, I have a hard time if I'm happy. And I was wondering, uh, you know, how over the last 10 years, um you know, I like I see your posts and stuff and nanny life and yeah. and I can tell that little boy's, you know, just oh, spoiled. He, he's changed my life. <laughs> right. yeah. Spoiled for you. So, you know, how is how is your you one. know personal experiences and stuff changed your comedy? Um and do you write from a happy place or or, or a dark place? I can write from a happy place. Uh, my jokes that are were not wrote from a happy place. They're more my favorite, I think, because they are, um, they're a little more raw, a little more bitter, a little more biting, you know? Uh, yeah. and you guys, you can tell, you know, when I'm, how I tell the joke is how, what kind of mind frame I was in when I wrote it. Uh, I do, I do talk about his name is Jameson. I talk about him on stage and it's the more like little cute part of the, you know, the thing. And then I'll move into, you know, something what I, people refer to as raunchy, but, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have layers, but yeah, it, it has. Yeah. I, I see that. I could, again, I see that more in probably music and probably uh, art too. I mean, yeah. do you ever notice when you're painting, if you're just the way your, your, your strokes, are they, I mean, just are things different when you are in a different place in your mind? Yes. You feel like you paint differently yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. The last, for me, the last couple of years have been pretty difficult. So there hasn't been a lot of art created um, and a lot of folks said, just, just go out there and, and just paint what's on your mind. I'm like, well, there's, there's a, there's an evil dude living in me. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I should do that. And the, yeah. the gray hairs that collect my work, I don't know that they're going to appreciate that. Um, and, and there's a huge part of that because I, I want to touch base with you on, on your act with yeah. that as well. Cause I don't want to get off me really on this for, but I do. It's kind of <laughs> like when I paint something, there's, there's an intent to make money at it. Sure. And sometimes it affects my ability to create what I think I need to create. So like if, um, when I was having some, uh, difficulties there, one of the things I, I kept thinking about was I, I, I can't paint happy little trees. You know, I'm not Bob Ross. Yeah. I, I want to paint pissed off rocks and angry little <laughs> birds, you know, and just really, really put it out there. Now there's a, there's a huge part of me that wants, because of the musician in me and the artist in me, and the fact that I, I photographed so many great musicians over the years, I want to paint hard rock, heavy metal scenes, but I don't think I would be able to sell them for what I need out of them. And this painting that's in the studio right now is really kind of a, kind of a jump for me. It's large. Um, it's going to be expensive and it's a subject matter that doesn't really appeal to a lot of my collectors. So at some point I have to realize it's about me now. It's, I need to make the art that I want to make regardless of what it is. 
And I want to know when you write, is that always in the forefront? Is it sometimes in the forefront? Is it, is it even something you think about? It, it is. And I, ironically, we just had a, there was a, just a post about this in a Dayton comics group. Uh, I'll tell you why. For when I first started out, I guess I would say anything. A cuss, mm-hmm. every other word was F word. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. um, then I realized after I was in a few years, hey, you don't need to cuss that much to be funny. So then I started trying to maybe move just making like when I would you know, use profanity, like as a punch, like, the, you know, the spice of a punchline or, you know, just like yeah. hammer a point home. And I had people tell me, you know, for, you need to be clean, you need to be clean. You're only going to get work if you're clean. You make more money if you're clean. And, and I tried that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my jokes aren't funny. Uh, yeah. that I write. I'm not that comic. And you like I said, I can you. do clean um, if I if I need to, if someone requests. Like, I mean, I just performed at a church last year in town. So yeah. I, I wrote a set especially for that. But it's not where my heart is. You know, it's yeah. not what, and I'm not saying I just want to sit there and talk about, you know, dicks and butt plugs. Or whatever, but, um, when I, I like butt plugs. When, <laughs> me too. I was just thinking beads. Beads. Yeah, beads. It's like Don't do the lawn. You're not starting a lawnmower. I that's found what that I was going to Yeah, you get, <laughs> shit goes everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I said it. Just pull it out. Just pull it out. See, I didn't even go there. Want to know <laughs> it's tugged. You tug, <laughs> you tug it. You tug it out. You don't pull it I think out. The correct terminology be removed gently. Is that, yeah. But, I, I keep putting it in backwards. Then I don't have a ring to pull on. Yeah. I'm slippery little suckers. Too. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's hard but, to get that first one in. <laughs> but I do. I do think about that. Um, and I, I admire clean comics because yeah. it is hard to be clean and be funny. And that's another, again, something in the yeah. comedy world where just because you're clean doesn't mean you're funny. You know, yeah, and a lot yeah, of people, yeah. oh, I'm a clean comic. Yeah. But just do people laugh at you? <laughs> you, know, <where> are you? <laughs> right. uh, but so uh, clean comedy, it's, I think, you know, I think any kind of comedy is hard. Uh, clean for me personally is more difficult because that's yeah. not what, where my heart is. But, you know, I just made the comments, uh, Someone had mentioned that they, you know, I got a corporate gig and this and that, you know, because they were clean. And I commented and I said, in the past year, I have worked all of the types of gigs you just listed and I'm not clean. You know, they don't always want clean. Yeah. Uh, but as a comic, it's your responsibility when you get booked to find out what kind of set they want from you. That's the first thing I ask when people say, oh, hey, wow. I've got I this, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, what kind of set are you looking for? How long do you want me to perform? And I'm going to tell you, I'm not known to be known as a clean comic. So how are we proceeding from yeah. here? Um, because I've, I've made that mistake. I've, I've, you know, booked a gig and do my research, got there. Oh Lord. And you know, two minutes before you go on stage, you're like, Oh, by the way, we need you to do 20 to 30 clean family friendly. So I've learned and it was a struggle and I, yeah. I it was a sweat on stage. It was, you know, and I, I got through it, but I knew that it wasn't the best product I could have put out for them yeah. because I did not do my research and yeah. I, I let them down. That was my fault. I should have said, what kind of comedy do you want? Um, so it, it is, uh, I, I, and I've had a couple comics say that don't you do you cause they know, like you said, they, the audience yeah. knows you're being genuine or not. Yeah. Um, and I always say I can go either way, but the dirty is always funnier. You know? Yeah, it and is. It's not that it's funnier; it's just more enjoyable for me to perform that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's just. I think that's just. I think that's just after being in the business for years. These are things that nobody can explain to you. You just have to learn your own. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you have to learn what's going on on your own. Gary Vaynerchuk takes a lot of heat because 
it, it it's like he can't put 10 words together without saying fuck before <laughs> yeah, he yeah. says something else. He just know. says it too. We're okay. iTunes says it's just fine. I just had to put I'm, the little E next to everything. I'm uncomfortable. I'm comfortable. I did not know that. <laughs> I brought the show to, and you know, once a night, one of us brings the show to a screeching halt and yeah, I got to do it. Today. It's, it's a dynamic and you did good. You pulled it off at 43 minutes into the recording. So yeah. I am, That's a new I'm shocked. I, I really thought this would be at the end and things were going to fall apart and what's going, well, okay, it's time to go now. <laughs> but you know, you did good. You did good, buddy. You did Thank good. Thank you. Thank you. One for me. So anyway, <laughs> I, I love Paul. I, I, I need him. I, I really do. And we have a good time. You know, it, it's nice that to, uh, it's just, it's nice to talk about performance and art and it's nice that some people out there care about that. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into everything that everybody does, whether they're taking photographs or they're doing a comedy set or they're doing, you know, music or they're doing music, yeah, yeah. of course, or, or, uh, Movies. We got some. Oh yeah, we yeah. Got some filmmakers here in town. Yeah, you know. And absolutely. This, this is just a great place. This the, really is a I great don't place. Think people, and I honestly don't think most of the people in Chillicothe realize the talent pool of oh, artists yeah. that are in this town of twenty-two thousand yeah. people. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've said for years about musicians. We have more talented musicians in this town per capita than any town our size. I would. Oh, yes. bet money on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everywhere Absolutely. I went, um, you know, playing with other, you know, like you, you do a lot of networking, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, we do as well. And and I've played a lot of towns and and I've had, we've had a lot of people from, you know, out of state and, and all over Ohio come here. And they're always just amazed at how, you know, the, the folk guys come out, the country guys come out, the, the um, you know, the, the prog rock guys come out mm-hmm. to the metal shows and everybody just, there's not a whole lot of competition. It's, it's, we're just a, uh, a good community and everybody has got the goods, man. Just, just like yeah. you can throw a rock out this window and hit <laughs> 10 people that can play circles around me, you know, and, and you can throw another rock from where they're at and hit 40 more people. Yeah. And we all just, everybody for the most part gets along and, and the egos are, are normally checked at the door. There's always a few people that, yeah. you know, whatever you're going to have it anywhere. But, um, and I think we start, we, as a music community around here have gotten a little bit of that, uh, you know, we recognize it and other towns and, and people from there have started to recognize that. But as you were saying, you know, I, I, people don't realize the, the visual artists and, and the performance artists and, and the comedians and the actors and, and yeah, we have it's crazy. Everything. I mean, yeah. it's, you, you know, I mean, how many people just do, you know, we know, uh, oh, yeah. they just could do anything. You could, you could pick up your phone like, Oh, I need somebody to do this. As entertainment, and you could name ten people to call oh, yeah, right yeah. then. And it's it's been a blessing. The music community was the reason I was able to break into comedy, just because I'd worked with bands all those years mm-hmm. uh, at the bar and stuff. And you know, the Lewis Brothers are the ones that challenged me to do comedy <laughs> for the first time. I I love telling that story. You know, they're they're the Lewis Brothers are the reason I'm a comic because no, well, they didn't know gave that. me the platform and the opportunity. Um, Rich and Rusty came in the keys one night. I was off. I was standing at the end of the bar, of course, probably 10 shots of JMO in. And uh, they said, hey, you know, we're doing this show at the Majestic Theater. We'd love for you to MC. 
And Rich is like, yeah, I'll give you a chance to try out some comedy. You've been talking about trying that. And I, I, mean, I was like, oh, screw you guys. I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> Rusty kind of got close to my face and he was serious. And he said, Lori, you're 37. If you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. Yeah. And then, of course, you know me, like, yeah, I guess I can. You know, I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I always joke, I puked for the next two months. And um, went out and I, I love to tell their comics. My first time performing on stage was in front of 300 people. Oh my gosh. First my time. My very first time ever on stage is it was for 300 people. I did seven minutes. Where was that at? Majestic. No. Um, then Loose Pockets came out to play. Yeah. I went back down in, in the, you know, the little underneath in the, the dressing rooms, threw up a couple of times. <laughs> uh, Becky from the Cross Keys brought me over a big fat crown of seven uh, <laughs> and took it down to me. And, uh, I was like, okay, I can do this. And I went back out for intermission and did 11 minutes. Now, I still have that notebook of those jokes I told that night. I've often thought about revisiting them. That'd yeah. be awesome. Do trying a nostalgic to retell set. them again, um, <laughs> just because. Uh, but I remember that night uh, after my second set, I went back down to the dressing room and I have that notebook and I could open it up to the page. And about two inch letters, I wrote, I did it. And I underlined it. Awesome. And I dated it. And I still have that notebook. That's and so that cool. Was the night that is I, cool. I knew I wanted to be a comic. Yeah. Uh, like, I want to do this. This is a great feeling. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah. But the other Lewis brothers, if you don't like me as a comic, you can blame them. That's their <laughs> fault. So, but you've been basically performing though for some time on the other side of the bar for small crowd. So leading up to that, 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 that had to give you some it did. confidence. Being a bartender for all those years, it prepared me for comedy. And I, I tell people I was the only one facing that way, just yeah. like on stage. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's looking at me. I'm the one talking yeah. and I had a chance to like riff on people and say, you know, yeah. God bless Tom Burke. God rest his soul. Let my mouth have the run of place. Oh, yeah. you know, I was allowed to say whatever I wanted. And, uh, <laughs> You know, in whether bar could you work in and look at someone and go, it's not your fucking turn. Wait a yeah. minute. And then go to somebody else. You can't do that. You can't do that at Applebee's. You can't do that. So, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, the music community, I, I give the music community total credit for helping me with comedy, giving me my start and um, bringing me in. And then, you know, letting me like say, I forget who had a show at the backstage. I went and did like 10 minutes before they performed yeah. and just, just giving me the chance to get the stage time. The musicians in Chillicothe were very, very, very helpful and very welcoming to me, welcoming me, not doing their art, but still welcoming me in their community yeah. to help me get a boost. Well, to, just, you know, art is art. And yeah. That's one of the things we try to hammer yeah. home. It, it don't matter what you're doing. And I mean, you're, you're part of that family, just like, you know, the guy that's yeah doing pictures well, or it, anything It's funny because historically in comedy, comics and bands, Comics never want to do like music show because right. it's a nightmare. I mean, it really is because, you know, people are there and they're loud. They want to hear the music. And then all of a sudden there you are like in between the bands or whatever. Yeah. And nobody wants to be quiet. And you're on stage screaming yeah. your jokes, trying to, <laughs> you might have 10 people up front paying yeah, attention yeah. to you, but generally it's a nightmare. <laughs> so when I tell them, like, so oh, I worked with the band, like, oh, that's horrible. I'm like, no, actually I had a great, I, I, that toughened me up because I yeah. had to get their attention in my mind, uh, and that was kind of, you know, like the trenches, you know, doing, yeah. doing shows with bands that really, uh, toughens you up a little cause you, you're fighting for attention. You probably know way more about this than, than I could even venture to even think of, but as you're talking about in the trenches, it made me think of some of the, the people we consider famous today as, as comedians. And they, a lot of them like George went, um, uh, I, I can't even think of all of them right the, off the top of my head, but they went to second city, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they had all that improv 
in that opportunity for growth. And it was a, it was kind of a, a garden, so to speak of, of new comics, just getting in there and being able to throw all their shit out there and say, this is what I'm doing. This is how I want to do it. And I, I'm sure it was tough. I'm sure there was a lot there that I'm sure there's a lot of people there that just gave up. Yeah. Oh, Um, no, no question. And we, we know the stories of all the greats, but you know, at, at some point here in a small town, you know, you're, you're alienated from that. You don't really have that opportunity locally. Is there anything like that going on around here? Or improv? In small, yeah. Um, well, we have a local theater. I don't think they necessarily do improv, uh, but my friend Karen Jaffe, who's in Dayton, uh, runs the Sunday comics at Wiley's. Karen mm-hmm. has an improv um, group called Lofty Aspirations, and she actually teaches improv. Also, they're teaching improv up at uh, Shadowbox. Oh, uh, wow. Sarah up there, yeah. big into improv. And I've learned, I, I've never done improv. Uh, I'm not that I'm, well, I mean, I'm kind of afraid to, you know I mean, it's, it's yeah. a whole different, a whole different aspect yeah. of it. And I admire improv people that go into comedy or do both because they've got that, um, you know, that just yeah. like anything, anything yeah. happens on stage. They can roll with it. Well, I've you know seen you I mean? be pretty quick though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Depending it, on who's out and there. And that's what made me think when she was talking about the bar, I was like, well, you know, there was a lot of times you were just like all over somebody, you know, you got that 21 year old chick who walks in the bar who, you know, I'm going to drink, you know, it's the first time ever. And it's like, you can tell, you can smell them coming before they get oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's like your radar went off. Yeah. I mean, you could tell there's like packed bar, right? Everybody's drinking, everybody's having a good time. It's, it's a, it's a small town bar, but still it's not a lot of room. And you get that one chick comes in with the Uggs on her feet and she's got like glitter in her hair. Oh yeah. Keep talking. And, <laughs> right. And she's, she's going to get her first legal drink. Oh yeah. Right. Hopefully followed and by some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely more. Cause you know, they just, you know, but they, they walk up and they get a cosmopolitan <laughs> because somebody on sex in the city said that was good. Yeah. You know, and you were just like all over that. Are you referring to the night the girl looked at me and she's like, um, what vodka do you have? And I was like, well, we have Absolute and we have like our well vodka and we have Stoli and then we have Grey Goose. And she's like, well, how much is Goose? I'm like, it's $6 a shot. And she goes, like, do you have any cheaper goose? <laughs> cheaper goose. And I looked at her, I was like, no, bitch, we have, we Canadian have cheaper goose. vodka. But Grey Goose is a brand, and it's all the same price. And I did look at her. I'm like, quit watching Sex in the City. What would you like, sir? And I just feel like, I remember that uh-huh. night. Do you have any cheaper goose? I'm like, no, bitch, I don't. But yeah, just, yeah. They made me do that. They, they, they made me. I Sometimes I always wonder, do the people come in and say stupid stuff to me just to get me to go off? Or is this their natural, just them? You, know? you do have a good story about one with change. Something about money. I remember you telling me a story about this person coming. I don't want to say who or what she was. <laughs> well, that's, that's ominous. <laughs> well, you know, it, I don't know that she had Uggs on like the other one, but. Oh, by the way, a girl, if you're listening, call me. (laughs) (laughs) I got, I got goose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. He's a slut. He is. He can't help it. 
but yeah, there was something about money. Like she didn't, she only had so much money. Could you make it this way? Here's my phone. This is, this is what's supposed to go in the drink oh, or something Christ. like that. I can't remember. Um, I do remember a girl one time coming in and she got a $2 draft and laid a dollar 67 down the bar. I remember I looked at her and I'm like, well, this is kind of light. Uh, is this all the money you have? And she said, yeah. And I'm like, well, that beer's $2. This is not $2. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take it and I'm going to spot you. And then she told me who she was meeting there, which is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't got off work yet. So I called him and I said, you need to get to the bar because this bitch is out of money and I'm not serving her (laughs) until you get here. So he told me over the phone, he goes, just open me up a tub and let her just put drinks on that. I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> like, oh. well, I was like, this broke bitch that is meeting you just gave me a buck 67. So you need to get here. She's cut off. I'm kicking her out. And, um, what was the other one about? Yeah. Yeah. The, you always have that one person that comes in there with the, the, a the, recipe on yeah, their phone. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, can you make this? Yeah, I would just take their phone out of their hand and lay it face down on the bar and just be like, <laughs> what do you want? Because I know how to make drinks. So just tell me what you want. And that's the beautiful part of a bartender. And, and for the people who drink on that are listening and they, they want to go to a, uh, a bar and, and it's not in their hometown or someplace where they're used to, let the bartender figure you out. Yeah. Let them make you something because that's the best. You know, I, I remember I followed you around every bar you went to. I kind of wanted to make sure that Lori was there. Faithful friend. And I remember some of the places we drink in this town aren't real high class. You know, they're just, you walk in, you get a beer and you, or two or three or more and you go home. You go and get a beer and a punch in the face. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Only if your name's Paul Raymond. (laughs) So I'm, I'm one of these people who I like a good martini, right? And it doesn't look right for a, a burly man to be sitting there drinking out of a pretty glass. Right. And in this town, it looks kind of odd. So I would go in and and you made the best, we called it the extra dirty martini. Yeah. And it was like, what can we use? And you got them black olives. Yeah. That's the only olives that we had. And I got them out of the kitchen. And I was like, Oh, I got, Black olives, I could use that juice. And you're like, do it. We took a picture of that. that Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And I still crave those. There's a salty kind of a, just a, mm, I, I can taste it well, really right now. Though, yeah. yeah. But for some reason that black olive juice was just a little, yeah. And, uh, and it made the drink look kind of funky yeah, too. It was like it really cool looking, like in the clear martini glass. Yeah. It had that, like that. It looked like Scioda, Scioda river water. Yeah. But it just, it just looked really <laughs> kind of cool. It's like, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was at the bank. I mean, yeah, it was. It was at the bank. I used to, you know, laugh when. I'd hear the commercials for like the bartending school and become a mixologist and all this. I'm like, you're you're working at a bar, but I mean, you you when you get to know bartenders and you get to know people in the bar business and you realize that there's you know no two drinks are ever exactly the same. Yeah. And, and did you ever notice kind of the creativity coming out and in, in some of that, or you just doing a job? Or oh no, I had my own line of drinks. They were Lori, whatever the year was, and I made them for the girls that were in Tecumseh. <laughs> They would come in every Thursday after the show. It was oh, ladies yeah. night. You made Lisa one of those kind and of things. My, the one that stuck was the Lori 2005. Um, 
I did give that recipe to someone. They lived in California and she's like, I need to have this. I said, well, you tell the bar, I don't care if they make it, but they have to call it the Lori 2005. That's my only stipulation. <laughs> you can have the recipe, but you have to call that. And then the paints players would drink them. They would just come in and order the 05. They kind of shortened it down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for those of you not from around here, the paints are, 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 oh, is, it, is, baseball it, team. is it double A? No, I just always describe it as a wood bat scouting league. Um, yeah, it's, it's frontier team, league. It's mostly D1 players okay, in yeah, college. Yeah. They're next to last year of playing ball in college Yeah, because they can't play, I think, after the summer before their senior year, they can't play. Yeah. Really? Uh, once, they're, uh, once their senior year, they can't play after they graduate. I never, I never realized that. Yeah, so. It's so cool. I mean, we, we're such, again, small town. We got all the big town stuff. Yeah. We, really? Yeah, they, they win games. They're good. I mean, we like again, it's a comp stuff. You're not familiar with that. It's our outdoor drama about the Indian Tecumseh number one outdoor drama in the nation for years. A lot of talented actors, stuntmen, stuntwomen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Equestrian people up there. Yeah. yeah. Show coffee people. I I love when I travel and people always say, Oh, you guys have the rodeo or you guys smell (laughs) funny. I'm like, we're so many more things than smelling funny in the rodeo. You know, we have so much more going for us. Paper mill folks, paper. paper. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We we don't, we don't just come out of the womb here smelling funny. Yeah. But it just, it it, it makes me, it just, it makes me chuckle. People to go out of state and see how people think about Chillicothe. They've never been there just yeah. based on the internet. I feel like you really love the town. I mean, I feel like you're not, uh, I a do. lot of people can't wait to get out and they feel like that, you know, it's, if I can make it somewhere else, I can make it anywhere. But <laughs> yeah, you right. know, it's yeah. like, it's fun being a, you know, local celebrity here and, and, uh, and I mean, locally granted, known, you know, granted for what I do, I am going to have to venture on oh, yeah. I mean, to, to progress. Yeah. I, I think any I, artist I, does. I would have to. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, I'm not mad about the time I've been here. Now I did get out for about 10 years, you know, when I graduated and went to college and lived different places and, um, came back, uh, because my dad was sick. That's the reason I came back. Yeah. Uh, but then once I was here, I bought a house, you know, and I thought, well, yeah, um, let's make the best of it. You know, I'm here, let's do what I want to do. Um, I, I've never regretted staying here because I don't think I would be in comedy. I don't know if I would, you know, I mean, I had a unique opportunity. I had a, a bar where I worked with the owner was like, sure, you can start an open mic. Let's give it a try. And, yeah. you know, I, mean, I just have, I don't know if I would be where I am right now if I moved out of this small town. And I'm guilty of making fun of Chillicothe. We all are. Oh, yeah. It's fun. But, it's easy. You know, well, it's we're, like we're, your sister yeah. or your brother. You're allowed to make fun yeah. of it. But when yeah. somebody else does, it's like, man, you don't, when you live here, you get it. So. And, and we've had our bad times. Sure. We've had things, you know, we've, we've had our bad times. We had our bad image. But I think the Chillicothe right now um, is as best as it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, as far as um, what they call the Renaissance, the downtown Renaissance. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the fact that there are, you know, I've established comedy here. Um, we were still hanging on to some jobs. You know, we've got, uh, our local government's pretty good. I mean, you know, we're, we're not, yeah, yeah. we're not as bad. I mean, Pete, it's so easy to point out the negative Yeah. and those same people that are constantly pounded on their keyboards, pointing out the negative. Yeah. I'm like, could you just maybe try to find a positive that you've got, you have to find one, you know, there has exactly. to be one thing about this town they, or you wouldn't still be here. Well, we're yeah. getting the canes. Oh, yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> and again, good for those people. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I, I, I've had canes back in the day. I'm good. But anything is better. Uh, the thing I'm most proud of about downtown Chillicothe um, are all the new businesses that have been opening that are predominantly owned and opened by women. Uh, yeah. I don't think people, again, realize the amount of female business owners there are in downtown Chillicothe. Yes. Um 
A lot of them, you know, yeah. and I'm not trying to get like a yay woman thing. I'm just saying that's just something else that makes our town unique. It is. There's a it lot is. of our new business that has been open lately has been opened by women. And they're doing a good job. And, and, they're, and they're, they're killing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're killing it. So, and a lot of the businesses are being ran by women. Yeah. Um, it's revitalizing downtown completely where it's actually not just a bunch of stuffy old buildings that are closed. You can actually go down there and walk yeah. from room to room and building to building and and, it, kudos, and there's some really neat stores down there too. There are. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Kudos to anyone who has taken the chance in the past five years and opened a business in downtown. Yeah. yeah. You know, kudos to anybody that has put their time and heart and money into one of those old buildings, fixing it up yeah. and opening the doors with something cool that we can go into. Because yeah. you, we remember just within 10 years ago there, how many vacant buildings yeah. were downtown and, it it did look bad. It did it look did. like it was a falling down. And we're not, town. we're, you know, Chillicothe is not supported by a metropolitan and, you know, we're not in a metropolitan area. No, so we don't, we're not, we are 22,000 people. And then we got about what in the County 70, I think maybe. It is. Yeah. So, and it, it, it is asking, you know, a lot for people to come downtown, but you know, Hey, downtown had to give them a reason to come. Yeah. And I, I, I admire anybody downtown that's hustling right now with a business, yep. uh, an independent business and doing their thing. Yeah. Good for them. You know, that thank you. A big thank you to them for yeah. opening something that we can have people out of town be proud yeah. and come to. We yeah. have a lot of the, a lot of nice restaurants, a lot of nice bars, a lot of new yeah. shops. Absolutely. I mean, people are doing things and it's yeah. it's fun to watch. We need, we need a concert venue, though. It's just that's the one thing. Yeah. The bank's been gone. I mean, you can play, you know, you can play Steiners, but it's kind of hard to play, you know, bands I'm in. It's kind of hard to play, you know, Steiners. There's just not. Yeah. yeah. Right. You blow her out. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, um, what the poor house has a nice stage, but I, I, I kind of think they're kind of reluctant to have, you know, like a concert atmosphere. So, you know, with the backstage not yeah. really being in operation, the bank being gone yeah, and it's hurt a lot of, uh, it's hurt a lot of the, you know, the music scene a little bit, I think not having that and in the summertime, you know, you got, uh, the hardtail, you can do a, a, a great show outside. Yeah, Wagner's, Wagner's, sure, Wagner's yeah. got a great, uh, yeah. open mic, you know outside um but man in the wintertime it just it's it's rough it's it rough, rough out there in those streets yeah it is um i personally would uh would like to see uh the majestic work with more local musicians yeah and i think that they are open to that and we're willing if you notice they have so many more events there now than what they used to yeah i went to one a couple of weeks ago when they had the uh the sweet tea trio yeah Did i heard that, that was i i was out of town but i heard that was fantastic i didn't even hear that is what kind of upset me a little bit like the the promotion on it which i don't listen to a lot of local radio, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know, you can do a lot on with Facebook sponsored sure. ads. There's ways to get to people. And, and, uh, I got a call actually, Paul hit me up and he's like a couple of days before the show, he's like, Hey, we're putting this on. I was like, dude, I had never even heard of it. And, and, uh, um, me and, uh, you know, my drummer, Carl and, and, uh, some people went down and checked it out and it was amazing. I could not, I couldn't tell enough people about yeah, how great it was. I, I heard, I heard, I was out of town, but I heard it was fantastic. But Gene and Melody out of the Visitors Bureau have been really uh, instrumental, I think, um, in trying to bring that stuff in there. They, I know they've welcomed comedy. You know, I went to having one show a year to now I do three quarterly shows. You've done, there. you've put on some big shows yeah. there. So. And, uh, and they were open because comedy's scary. I mean, you know, it's something people, sometimes people want to, but they have been, um, and I've been able to work with them and do different types of shows. The Majestic, we've done, we've had urban comedy shows. We've mm -hmm. had family friendly shows. Uh, I've had an all female show where uh, they're bringing in a, um, a ventriloquist illusionist guy oh, really? at oh, the cool. end of March. And I'm going to open for him. Yeah. Uh, we just put that out. So um he's nationally touring you know guy his name is andy gross 
Um, that's, that's crazy that, you know, and I, there's probably somebody listening, thinking we're getting confused with another majestic they know of or whatever, but this okay. is, this is truly the majestic of, of Chillicothe. It's an old theater. Um, it's the America's oldest continuously operating yes, it is. Uh, theater. I'm looking for the date. I'm actually on their website now. There I'm was trying a, to think. I used to know this stuff. 1902. It was a vaudeville I think it's theater. before that. Yeah. It was an old vaudeville theater. Um, Bob, and Hope. Bob Hope actually performed there. I guess I believe that if you're looking at the information, 80 out of the top 100 vaudeville acts during that time performed at the Majestic. Oh, theater. yeah. Yeah. Says Laurel and Hardy, Sophie yeah. Tucker and many, many more. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. It, um, it's got a great history. And I'm so happy with uh, the fact that they are opening it up to the community more. Uh, just having those old movies and stuff. Yeah. Just letting oh, people yeah. get in there and letting them see it and just sit in the seats and I, I remember when I was little, I saw Jaws there, uh, that movie. And we left that night. There was a, it would rain real hard and like the street was kind of flooded. And my dad was like, watch out, water. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I saw Jaws there, I remember. Wow. But just, and now they have the new entrance on the side. Yeah, it's, it's handicap a, it, accessible. It was my first bathrooms. time there and it, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> Real bathrooms instead of having to crawl yeah. through that hole. And yeah. It's really cool. It's so, a, it, yeah, they've done great things. So, and you know, kudos to them, to those two also. And it, Paul. For, it's such a creepy place too. I love it in there. Yeah. I you know, know. it's so haunted. Yeah. And I, 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 I shouldn't say creepy. It is very majestic in its appearance. It's got beautiful chairs. It's got all the old, you know, the look that a, a theater should have. Well, I think. and they're getting ready to replace the seats. Cause remember last fall, I don't know if they've done it yet or not. The Ohio theater in Columbus, yeah. when they, were re- they yeah. donated a bunch of seats to oh, the majestic. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know if, I don't think they've done it yet, but they're, they'll take out the seats that are there now. Cause they do need repair. Yeah. And they're going to replace them with the seats in the Ohio Theater. Wow, that'd be nice. So uh, I remember that weekend they got this, they got those seats. So it, it again, it, it just like we're talking about the artist community. It takes a community to do anything, and um, people need to support well, and the it's theater. Kind of our responsibility, and I've kind of slacked on that some. Where it's kind of up to you to kind of keep up with what's going on and and try to keep. Yeah. You know, the, the scene's what you make of it. Sure. You yeah. Know, when sure it comes it to that. Yeah. And, and if there's not a, a band plan or, or something, there's other things going on that yeah. we can support. And if we don't support yeah. each other, you know, who will? Yeah. It should be so hard to, you know, it's, it was like that show I mentioned. It's like, man, and especially the, the, the professionalism of it and the talent. And it was a shame that everybody should have known about it, you yeah, know? And yeah. we all got to work a little harder on that, I think. So. Yeah. Well, I think demographically, if you want to think about it this way, we're, we're a lot of um, talented individuals in a small area and it's, it's almost like a little micro version of the rest of the world. Right. And as artists, I think any artist, no matter where you live, even if you live in LA or New York, you're going to have to get out of your hometown for other people to discover you. And I know the internet is so popular right now thinking you can just be on the internet and be a sensation forever, but (laughs) you know, you're still, I think you still need to get in front of people. You do. You do. I mean, you need need to talk to people. You can't like what I do. You can't just perform and walk off stage and go hide in the green room. Exactly. Go to your car and leave. You need to talk to people because they want to talk to you. They want to tell you what you just did, how, what it meant to them. And you have, you don't have any trouble with that at all. I'm talking to people. Well, when you get off stage and, oh. and, and they're wanting to, you know, people you don't know, that doesn't. No, I just don't. No I don't Howie like, Mandel well, thing or anything yeah, like that. During you can't flu touch. season, I don't like to be like kissed on the cheek. You know, I'm right, right. Like, but as far as, you know, fluids, I'm like, yeah. Um, 
but you can just kind of put your hand out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I carry, I'll be honest, I have sanitizer in my pocket just for that reason. Yeah. After the show, after I'm done, you know, but I love to go. And even after my local shows here in town, I try to make it a point to walk through the tables and kind of point to people and say, hey, thanks for coming tonight. Good to see you out. Thanks for supporting. Just to let them know that I did see them there yeah. and that I appreciate that they're there. Um, sometimes just saying thank you to someone will get them to come back the next time, you know, yeah. and uh, so even out of town, I do like to meet people. And if they come up after the show, uh, you've always got that one person. Like, hey, I got a joke for you. And, you know, <laughs> I can't tell it because it's not mine. Yeah, but right. I'll listen. And thank you. Open mic. You, yeah. have, you ever write anything for anybody else? I mean, I know some do that. I, just... I, I have. I have. Uh, Carla Goldbush has a joke mm-hmm. that I have gave her a couple lines for. And um, there's a couple guys that will message me jokes and they'll bounce them off of me. And if I think of something, I'll jot it back. But, uh, I don't, uh, I, I don't, and I, I don't, because I have my time restrictions. Yeah. Sometimes they're like at Wiley's or at the funny bones and stuff where they're open mics, they'll have writer workshops or comic hangs as they call them. And I know a lot of those guys will bounce ideas off of each other. And if you have a joke you're having trouble with, you maybe getting the wording down or the timing mm-hmm. and they'll bring those out. I, I've never got to be a part of those. I would like to. Though. Yeah, I wonder if the synergy of all that actually brings out more. Uh, but I've just, to me, my my comedy is a more personal thing. Yeah. And in my mind, if I think of something, I I know how I want that joke to go. Yeah. But I, again, like I said earlier, I'm not above a veteran coming up to me and saying, "Hey, if you reword this, blah blah, that'd make that better." Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. I mean, I I, I welcome criticism and you know suggestions, but sometimes in my mind, out when someone's telling me something, I bitchily will be thinking, I don't like that. And I'll listen to me. I'm like, thanks for the advice, but no, it's not funny. And you know, but sometimes it has. And sometimes yeah. I have changed. Uh, I tell a joke um, and I was saying something being the joke and uh, it was suggested to me that instead of naming what I was talking about, I'd open up the joke, go into the details. And at the end of it, say, Oh, by the way, this is da da. And I did that one night and it changed the joke. I mean, it went, I got more applause on that than I did in the beginning when I did it the other way. So I'm not above adjusting. Yeah. And I, I, as you tell the same jokes and again, going back to the new comics, not getting this, I have my hour set. It's taken me 10 years to develop this hour set that I I do. And some of the jokes I've added maybe last year or recently, some of them are six years old, but that's my set. Um, which is why I don't perform around here a lot. Yeah. If I've right, I, I host, you know, cause I, yeah. I, everybody's heard my stuff around here. Um, but it does for having so many shows locally does keep me writing more because I do yeah. need to come up with something new. Yeah. You know, when I go out at least something, you know, every well, and you got events happening too, I guess you can kind of pull from. Yeah. Some. But that hour set, I'll, I'll, I'll take that around me everywhere. And I do that same hour, you know? So, um, the more you do that, the more polished you get these guys you see doing comedy specials on Netflix and stuff. Yeah. They've been telling some of those jokes for 10 years. Oh yeah. You know, and they're, I mean, the, there's yeah, they a reason just make why it that up. stuff yeah. looks easy because they've performed that joke six times a week for eight, 10 years. Yeah. That joke just flows. Oh you know? yeah. And yeah. I mentioned Jay Snyder earlier. Jay's another one. Jay's crowd work is amazing. And he will say stuff during his set. That's off the cuff. You think, but I've heard him say that a hundred times. Yeah, it's in but the delivery audience, you say. They yeah. think he just thought of it yeah. and he's whipping it out. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's how, that's how good he is. So people like that make people like me like, oh, I want to get to that. You know, and yeah. that's who I want to be like that it's person. A, it's a storyteller thing Yeah, with with a comedy uh, 
I don't really know how to say this. I think when you're up there on stage as a comic, can you hear my dog on the recording? Poor thing. I I hope you can't hear. He's just out there whining. I'm picking up God right now. He's the fifth beetle, so it's okay. (laughs) The fifth beetle. The fifth beetle? Loki. I've never been a big fan of the beetles, but I did not know that. But anyway, yeah, you're you're kind of fifth beetle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you're telling a story. It's gotta entertain. It's gotta make people laugh. Sometimes it can it can bring a somber moment. I don't I don't know if I totally agree with some of the comics out there I see that bring up their political background or you know, I I think that sometimes it gets a little bit it's kind of beat to death. It, it is. I you don't. Know. I don't do political humor. Yeah. I refuse because I always say I want people to like me at the end of the show. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like people aren't there to hear that from me. Yeah. They're That's there not, to escape. They're there to have fun. They're not there. I think they're not there to to hear from me that they can hear on CNN or any other news yeah. channel. Yeah. Any time of the day. Well, you're going to get half the crowd's going to choose a side immediately. Well, and, exactly. You yeah. can alienate a crowd by doing that. But then again, there are guys that do political humor that I love, bit, but they're good at it. Yeah, so and not they, everyone they, is good at I it. I think they're apolitical too. I, I think they're really good at playing both sides and, of that political. And those guys like that, that can do that. I so envy them. Those guys that can say anything yeah. and, everybody each side in the crowd's like yeah i mean they've they've mastered that yeah that's something they've worked on that's not something you can just do overnight you no, know, that's no. that's a polished comic i think that can do the political humor and pull it off to where everybody in the crowd still likes you at the end of the show yeah that's talent you yeah know, in my opinion yeah. that's talent cool you, you said something earlier that uh, kind of made me think you know you talked about taking this long to get to your hour and some of these other comics has had you know, or that do specials, uh, you know, they, once they do that, it seems like that's, it's over. They they have to come up with new stuff you before, before you do that. It's like, but you know, Guns N' Roses can go out and play Paradise City for the rest of their lives. That's what people <laughs> yeah. want to hear. Yeah. Um, man, that's a lot of, that's a, a different sort of pressure on that art form. I mean, once you do it, you killed, I mean, you know, now you can't go out and do Stairway to Heaven again. I mean, how do you, well, there's some people, I, there are some old jokes I have that I've had people request that I do. And and you do. After a certain point, you, you, there are some jokes you're just up there like, oh, I don't have to tell this again. Because it's just, you've said it so many times. And it's like, oh. And that's where the acting comes in. You yeah. start to be enthusiastic about that yeah. joke. and But after a point, you do phase some jokes out of your set. And I think I, I've learned, and I, I could be wrong. It's like I've told people for years, I Googled how to run an open mic. That's how I started comedy. No, mm-hmm. I've had no real mentor or any, no one's taught, no one told me how to break into comedy. Yeah. I've just been swinging, hitting and missing, you know? Um, but I have found that most people, you know, once you get that hour, uh, which is what you want, because you want a headline, you want a tour, yeah. you, know, you want an hour. Um, you, it, it's constantly evolving. Um, and like every, you know, few year, maybe like every year, you know, you need to, you try to do venues yearly. Like I'll do like, you know, if you go out of state and go to a theater in Connecticut, mm-hmm. you won't get asked back to the next year. You know, they, it's, yeah. so you, they feel like, I think that they, they think in that year you've got a new set. Some comics do that. Some don't. I know some guys that have been shopping that same hour for 20 years. <laughs> um, but I found that in my hour, I've it's it's evolving to where like if I have a joke, it's kind of losing its flavor, or it was more topical a year ago. I'll phase that out and then phase in a new joke. So you you always have that base of that sixty minutes, but it, it changes. And um, like set lists for you guys, right. you know, yeah. you, 
you know, you play a song to death to death and all of a sudden, you know, maybe next week, that third set, that third song in your set is something different, you know, and you just yeah. kind of, and you rework songs and it's same with comedy. It, uh, I'm just jokes are like songs, just reworking new ones into your set and just trying to keep the flow. But when I've people got, go see Maiden, they they want to hear Run to the Hills. They don't want to hear anything yeah. from the last three albums. So Well, I guarantee you right now, if Eddie Murphy went on the road and did Raw all over again, uh, yeah. oh, people yeah. would buy those tickets. Yeah, and yeah. he could say those yeah. jokes word for word and they would they'd buy them. I, um, I think so. But for just the regular average Joe like me, you've got to keep yourself fresh. because uh, people remember your jokes. You know, I, they remember. Do you have a YouTube presence or anything parts of your act that's online and then you're like well that's out there and that's i do not told. Okay. Uh, for a reason um Yet. one is i coach track <laughs> i coach oh, yeah, school yeah, track yeah, yeah. at the local catholic school here and i have no videos of me online i have some videos from like 2014 2015 i was at go bananas in cincinnati and a, a website called rooftop comedy mm-hmm. hit me up i wonder if they could make a, a web a profile for me on their site so I do have about four or five, two or three minute jokes on there. Mm-hmm. Some of them I still tell, some I don't. Um, but I do not have a lot of videos other than that of me online. I've, I've always wanted people to come and see me live yeah. for one. And what's happening now with the internet and social media is some of the bigger comics have, who have writers. Yeah. When you get to that point, you yeah. have writers. They troll the internet for people like me. Or people like the guy in Columbus or like the girl in Cincinnati who's yep. tweeting their jokes and putting them up there and they've got their videos and they'll pluck your jokes and write, you know, like they wrote it. And what's the little guy going to do? Now well, it looks like you stole it. Yeah. And what am yeah. I going to do? I can't. Who's going to believe me over right. a celebrity? Right, you know, right. Unless you've got a timestamp on it. You know what's. Yeah. And that celebrity may not even know that it exactly. got stolen because their writer said, right. hey, that's know. a good one. So, uh, they I, probably know though. Nefarious. I don't know. And again, that goes back to only so many premises you can talk about. Can you see Ricky Gervais just going off on somebody who gave him a joke, who he hired to do a joke? I mean, I like Ricky. I I think, I don't, I I think he could be like Napoleon, you know, I like like him as a person, but I don't really find his comedy funny. I I like to think that those, those bigger people, I like to think that they too want to stay original. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that, that open mic comic, I think is still in their heart somewhere. And, Uh, and I've talked to like some of the, you know, when you get to work at the funny bones and different stuff on my level, when you get to meet the bigger guys and the women yeah. that are touring and you talk to them and the, I've never had any of them show any kind of disrespect for somebody on my level. They're always, Hey, how long have you been doing comedy? Good luck. You know, Hey, great. Just hang with it. You, yeah. know, hey, you were funny. I like that line about they're encouraging. So I like to think for the most part, I mean, there's a dick bag in every crowd, oh, but yeah. I like to think for the most part that, uh, even once you reach that level, you still look back and remember where you started yeah, yeah, and yeah. you respect the little guy. I always find the story of uh, Rodney Dangerfield always just really sticks out at me. Huge. He, he was on the Johnny Carson uh, show and he was still selling aluminum siding when he was yeah. on the show. Yeah. I mean, he was still doing a regular job and, and he was hustling. He was an older guy too. He had it kind of in, in those days, you know, you just, you, you wanted to be out doing things. It's almost like, I guess it's like today too. You still want to just get out there and do your thing before you're too old and, and all these other things. And everybody just wants to hound at you for, you know, oh, you're too old. Don't do that. But he got out there and, and did so much with his career before people realized how much he was sacrificing to be on stage. And I think there's a genuine sense there. I think that's when, when the, when the artist gets to a level 
that they've exceeded their own expectations. And they realize that they're still the same person as they were when they started. If they can hang on to that and genuinely be a human being <laughs> at all levels, I think that's what really makes someone great. Yeah. You, you can have good comics out there all day long, sure. but if you got somebody who's just not genuine, doesn't realize where they came from, they're, they're just dick bags, you know? I, I, yeah. And, I, and again, you know, that, that would be so easy to slip into though, when you start making the good money and you know, you've yeah. got the things that you want, you thought you wanted. And I, I could see where it'd be easy to get lost in all of that. But um, I've always said, if I never go any farther than I am right now, when on my deathbed, I can look at someone on and say, I was honestly a comic, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm doing it. So even if I, you know, I'm probably not going to have a Netflix special. I would like my own <laughs> talk show if anybody's listening. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, if, if it never goes any farther than what it is right now, I, in my mind, I've achieved comedic success because yeah. I'm, I'm a comic and, and that's the biggest. Therein lies yeah. the art. Yeah, you know, exactly. You're doing before, it. You know, we're, you, you're doing it and there's a lot of levels of success. Yeah. And yeah. As long as you're happy at where you're at, that, you know, just because you want more doesn't mean you're unhappy. It sure. just means you're, yeah. you're trying to do more, but you're happy doing what you're doing. And, and that's what it's all about. And I know? think that I think the only way you get to that next level is if you do re- realize that you need to be content and where you are right now yeah. before you can move on to the next level. Yeah. And there has to come that point as an artist where you're okay, this is it, you know, and I'm doing it. Yeah. And like, like I said, if I never get any farther than I am right now, I got paintings and I got songs I've wrote and I've got yeah. jokes I've told and yeah, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're doing it. So where can people find you now? Um, people can find me now. I run uh, weekly shows here in Chillicothe. I, um, first Monday of the month is always Steiner speakeasy. Second Thursday of the month is my open mic at the dock. Mm-hmm. The third Tuesday, I'm at the Cross Keys. And the fourth Friday, I am at Jerry's West. You are busy. Wow. Yeah, also, I, I the first Wednesday of every month, I'm at Jerry's Pizza in Greenfield. So those awesome. are my five monthly shows. I do quarterly shows, The Moose. Um, let's see. My phone's in the car. What I got coming up? What is today? What's the, what's the number? Today is today? the 27th. Today's the 27th. Uh, this will be airing Thursday the 31st. Thursday the 31st. Uh, Friday the 1st, I will be in... Ironton, Ohio cool. at a place called the bar. We had a blast last time we were down there. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, anybody out of state listening, February 8th, I'll be, um, up in Walkerton, Indiana, close to South Bend. I'll be up there for the weekend. Um, my cross key show starting in March is going to be a monthly comedy contest. Nice. I'm finally running a contest. I'm going to have eight comics get seven minutes each. I will have people planted in the crowd. I'll have two judges to judge the comics. And I have two people that'll be judging the level of applause. And based on that, I'm just going to Yes, intense. And based on that, um, audience participation and the judges, uh, someone will get to take home a hundred dollars every night, every month. Very cool. So that's going to be a good time, but you have to sign up for that prior to the, you can't just show up. Those are signed up spots and information's on my social media, or you can hit me up at, which email am I using for this one? Oh, Lori G comedy at gmail.com. That's the one you use for the contest. That's a lot of G's. There's, yeah, a, there's a couple of private ones I know about. Yeah. Only certain people get the <laughs> webcam access. No, I'm kidding. 
the plot thickens. <laughs> Speaking of social media, though, where can they find? Are you on Twitter? I am. I'm Lori Ann Graves. Or no, I think I'm, I've changed everything to Lori G Comedy because I have yeah. that website now. So I'm trying yeah. to hope my website will be kicked off in March. I'm Lori G Comedy on Twitter. Uh, Lori G Comedy on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I have uh, Lori Graves, my personal page, and I have um, Lori Graves' comedy page. Yep. Um, you run them all about the same, or do you... Uh... I try to put different content on each media source. I've never been a fan of those people link everything up and just yeah. like they're lazy and post one thing and it goes to everybody. <laughs> right. Because I have different audiences on different media. So oh, yeah. Instagram and Twitter are not the same audience as Facebook. Right. Because Facebook is now old book, as the kids call yeah, it, and yeah. they're off of there. Yeah. Um, Instagram is, you know, and Twitter is just, you know, I call Twitter's the little young assholes. Uh, Instagram's <laughs> the cool young kids. I, I broke all these crowds down my mind, but people are just angry on Twitter. I, I love so Twitter. I, it's my I thing. Do. People are angry. I, I put up a post about a social cause I'm doing and it's great, but I put up a post griping about the tanning bed at Planet Fitness. I saw and that. And I've got some girl from Columbus that goes to Ohio State like, well, just be on time. Well, hey, little girl, I was on time. They gave my bed away. You know, I, I'm like, you don't know the context. Have fun in your parents' basement. Yeah. That's why I want to tell her, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, Mm, but eat that hot pocket. Yeah. Just you know, talk about Chipotle. <laughs> Leave me alone. You know, I don't know what you want me to do. Go back to your PS4. Leave me alone, kid. But uh, go back to Fortnite or the hell it is they're doing. Yeah, now. I, just, I, mean, I downloaded that last night. As a matter of fact, did Fortnite, you learn yeah. how to dance on Fortnite? Uh, I haven't played it yet. But. I'm so to touch. I can't, I, I'm just not that person anymore. Uh, right, it's, it's, yeah. And again, it's hard to keep up with the kids. But, it, is. Uh, it is. Twitter and Instagram. That's the younger Facebook's the older one. You know, um, you can do more marketing on Facebook though. Yeah. Um, Struggle is real out there. Cool, cool. It is. Ghost. Oh, and also, we uh, have my Lovita Lori column in the Chill Coffee. Oh, Gazette. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a new editor, I think. So keep clicking on that Who so they it? don't cancel me. Uh, right now, I'm working with a lady uh, that's editor of one of the Northern papers. Uh, I don't think they've actually named the replacement yet in here. So yeah. Lovita Mike, Lori. Mike Throne was the old editor, and he was, he was fantastic. And he's the one that started my column. Yeah. Um, I just I said, I just want to get to 100 columns. I'm on 96 or 97 oh, so now. Oh, wow. And then if you guys want to cancel me, yeah. I just don't know what, I don't, I, Lovita Lori's in limbo right now. Yeah. Because Throne's gone. So, but I heard I got a lot of clicks, so I might be able to be okay. That's cool. We That's might have cool. to start a petition. Well, with that, I expect everybody to go see a show when she's around. Thank you. Find her here. In Chillicothe, find her in all the places that she's going to be. Get her on in on the uh, the social medias, as the kids call it, yeah. so that you can find out where she's going to be. And I'm going to say goodbye and good night. Go have a nice glass of scotch if I can find one around the house somewhere. I don't know. It's over. Yeah, it's over. We gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go to the gym. Yeah, we got things to do, man. I got I got stuff to do, but I'm I'm just not going to. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know. I appreciate it, Paul. We'll come sit in my basement and we'll do it again. Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> As usual, I want to thank everybody for listening this far into the show. And we will be back in two weeks. See ya. <laughs>